This is the Bob McCallum Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Richard Deitch in for Bob this week. Adnan Burke is going to be the guest, but Richard, we're, we're really, you know, this is the opportunity for the Toronto Blue Jays and, hey, listen, every team that's in the postseason in Major League Baseball um, to forget what happened in the regular season and, and start anew. Uh, what do you think the Jays' chances are against the Minnesota Twins? I, I like them. I mean, I, you know, you can't sort of be overconfident with this team, but you know, if I was sort of going to offer some Vegas odds, I, 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 to me, they're the favorite. I, I like a 55%, 45% favorite. The great thing about sports, John, or one of the many great things about sports is you can really change the entire perception of the year by having success in the playoffs. And this has been a very, very frustrating team, but if they beat the twins, you are going to feel so different about this team at the start of the second round of mm -hmm. the the playoffs. And that's that's what's fascinating is that they, they are two games away, I think, from from having a serious perception change of this team with the fan base. Changing the narrative is something I'm sure that John Schneider, Ross Adkins, Mark Shapiro would be more than thrilled to be part of particularly with such a, a frustrating regular season. Adnan Verk of Major League Baseball Network joins us on the McCowan podcast after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers sports and casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options and get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531- 2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge betrivers.com welcome back to the mccowan podcast richard in for bob this week uh it started the second season of major league baseball and who better to talk about it with our old pal, pal from uh mlb and uh wherever he works everywhere else he's got his own podcast he's got everything he's movie critic you know man about town ad dan burke how are you dan John, great to see you as always. Thanks as always for the invite. I'd said to you, hey, I'd love to come back whenever Deitch is there because uh, working with well, that, Yeah, you just want a good write up. That's all. Yeah. So I said, if Deitch is there, and then I believe we have sweetened the pot with a special guest, which I don't well, want to do. Yeah. See, you're like Hodge. See, when Hodge co hosts, he takes over too and then he ruins all the surprises he does the problem, know, he, that's probably have a host on. The host just wants to grab that <laughs> microphone from you. That's yeah. the problem. Okay, <laughs> we'll grab the microphone. Special from guest today. Mark Askin, yeah, legendary producer, and your old well, yeah, just comrade. Ask him. So many just, years of just ask him, legendary <laughs> producer. Um, he, <clears throat> okay, Minnesota, Toronto, go. Fantastic news for the Blue Jays. Um, we every we, day we have a research packet sent to us by MLB Network researchers, and the other day Richard Deitch was quoted in it. I'm like, wow, you guys are digging deep here. Not often do they use quotes from columnists. But it was yeah. right after the Jays Rangers, the, the third of the four game sweep. And they had Deitch's quote from the Athletic, where Rich had said, You know, in the years that I've been here, this is the most frustrating Blue Jays team I've seen so far. You know, booze heard everywhere. They're a team that's probably going to the playoffs around 90 wins. And yet, 
everyone's disappointed, and I understand their frustration. And in looking at the record yesterday, I'm like, that's crazy that they're an 89-win team. If you told me at the start of the year, I'm like, oh, Jays are pushing 95 wins, contending for the AL East instead of 89 wins, final wild card. But fantastic news because they get to avoid the Rays and face the Minnesota Twins. I know some would say, well, be careful. We wish for Twins are still a playoff team. They're the worst team in the playoffs. We all know they're an 87-win team in a bad division. And I'll take the cupcakes as I can and then reload when I have to face better teams, whether it's the Orioles, the Rangers, the Astros. So great news for the Jays. They lose the final game of the season. You get to save Gossman. Obviously, he can now pitch uh, in game one on Tuesday. And also, just because my TV brain won't let me stop from doing this, I was just talking to one of my neighbors down the street. He said, how about the fact these matchups – he goes, the Phillies are in prime time. I said, yeah. He goes, I go, because there's no Yankees, there's no Mets. I'm like, I, I just laugh, like, as a former ESPN employee at them looking at the schedule. Going, All right, what do we got here? What's, what's the what's the big TV? Okay, Rays. Oh, my God. No, they, they, they draw flies. Okay, forget that. Rangers, Rays. Put them at 3 o'clock, ABC. Uh, Jays. Oh, God. Toronto, no, the Canadian team. That never draws well. Twins. Okay, 430 ESPN. Okay, great. Uh, D-backs, Brewers. Oh, my God. Milwaukee, one of the smallest markets in the world. D-backs, nobody cares about football. Uh, ESPN, two. All right, that means Phillies and Primetime, even though the Marlins are a team that doesn't have a great fan base either. So I, I can't wait to watch all four games. Of course, I'm a baseball nut, and I love every game. But uh, good news, at least for the Blue Jays. I'll be able to watch all those games. 4.30 Eastern, pretty good. Everybody, at, if you work at CIBC, you work a little 8 to 4, get home, you'll be able to watch the Blue Jays and Twins series. I, I mean, I don't even know how to follow this. All right, a couple <laughs> things here. All right, first off, uh, it's incredible the amount of podcasts that Adnan Burke not only has, but goes on. <laughs> it's like one of those guests in the 80s who you'd see on, um, you know, Johnny Carson. Carson. That, no, not, that, just, not, just, not, not just Carson, because Carson usually would like throw you off if you ever appeared on another show. Correct. Adnan's like the guy who appears on like the Mike Douglas show, the Joe <laughs> Franklin show, and all the like the B level podcasts that are out there. So Hold on. Are you suggesting that this is a B level podcast? <laughs> yes. yes. Not only suggesting it, I'm absolutely putting it out there. But, but so Rich, in fairness, nobody more open to doing a podcast than Jeff Perlman. Jeff that's Perlman, true. your SI former well, colleague. We had on as well. He's open, he openly said, if you get right. me, I will never say no to a podcast. He's incredible. Secondly, my reporting says that Adnan is only doing this podcast prior to doing a tennis match in a couple hours. So that's <laughs> that's what my reporting has shown as well. I But here's, in all seriousness, here is something I do want to ask Adnan. Yeah. Think about the Blue Jays, and I did say that. Um, they really have been a confounding, frustrating team because they sh- the 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 – the sum of their parts is not as good this year, has not been as good this year as the individual talent that exists. My question for you as someone obviously who has watched more baseball than I have and is really into it, is it possible for a team to just sort of flip the switch in the playoffs? Like we we sometimes sort of have that cliche because if ever the sort of time was needed for a team to do that, like if, if the Blue Jays actually over the next month sort of provided – the fan base with what you think this team is, they are a legit World Series contender. The question is, can you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, can you turn it on all of a sudden? Because that has not been the case this year. I think you can, Rich. Um, in the past, you saw Rocktober. Of course, the Rockies very famously against uh, your wife's Red Sox, actually. Yeah. Ended up falling flat in the World Series, but had an amazing run. Last year, the Phillies, you know, they were not a 90-win team like Toronto. Correct. Caught fire, pulled off a few upsets. Harper's immortal home run. Uh, against the Padres. So I do think you can do it in baseball, and especially with the playoff format is now, these teams feel like if you can get 85, 86 wins, just get into the dance, pull off a run, you can pull it off. Specifically for Toronto, what gives them hope, amidst what I agree with you, it has been a generally disappointing season, is what plays in the playoffs 
power bats and power arms. And the Jays certainly have that. When you look at the team, you go, okay, can they hit home runs? Yes, they can because of Vlad and Bichette and Chapman and Kirk and, and all the rest of it. And the power arms specifically, I look at that bullpen. And I say, you know what? Late in the game, I can go to Hicks who throws one of five. I got Swanson who's been a great setup. by good trade there for Teoscar Hernandez. And of course, Romano who was second in the league in saves. And that's holding the prize jewel of this team, which is their starting pitching. Like right. it's shocking. They're starting pitching is the best in baseball. Their ERA never better. Gossman's a top five sign guy, led the league in strikeouts. Barrios, huge bounce back season. Bassett's a 16 game winner, much better at home than he is on the road. Uh, Kikuchi, a, a pleasant surprise, even if he stumbled in September. And Ryu's a guy who obviously had great seasons with the Dodgers. Pretty good option to have out of the bullpen. So I do think that, Rich, if you look at them, you go, huh, that's surprising. They're an 89 win team. They should have won 95, but can they put together come playoff time? Yeah. And specifically against Minnesota, again, the draw, the Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. Now, a lot of those were at the hands of the New York Yankees. But again, Correa's coming in limping. Buxton's coming in limping. Not sure if either of those guys are going to play. Royce Lewis was their best hitter in September. He's been injured. So Minnesota is a wounded opponent, specifically offensively. The Jays should win two games and go on to the next round. And after that, who knows what can happen? Well, the, the, the one thing, and it's it's almost the opposite of the Minnesota scenario, is that the Blue Jays are coming in relatively healthy right? Yeah. compared to the other teams. And even if they had played Tampa, they were going to be more healthy than Tampa. Uh, but I'm concerned about Jordan Romano. I mean, he has not had a good second half of September. He, it's, Whether it's, you know, being put in positions late in games, even if they haven't got the lead and he's in the bottom of the night and, and can't close. That, to me, is the biggest concern they have right now. The, the starting pitching, you're right. I mean, our old pal John Gibbons has been saying for two months, just get in because yeah. they have better pitching than anybody. And and they did that. But to me, the biggest concern might be Jordan Romano, Adnan. Yeah, I have to hope then, John, it's more than a one-run lead because I'm with you. Closures can always be fickle by nature. And, and Romano was great in the first half of the year. By the way, talked about the All-Star game in Seattle. I said, okay, you got to solve the, the eternal mystery of life. Is it Romano or Romano? Because I said, Dan Shulman calls you Romano. So Dan Shulman has to be right. But it's Ray Romano. So like, which one is it? And he goes, well, it's funny you said Ray Romano. He said, in America, it's Romano. It's Canada. It's yeah. Romano. And it's I the said, Canadian thing. Right. So Canadian. But I'm, I'm Canadian working in America. So what should I use? He goes, well, if you're working in America, you should probably go with Romano. And I go, <laughs> now I'm really confused. But anyways, we'll stick with Romano for this Canadian podcast. What's the difference between Nissan and Nissan? Because <laughs> in Canada, it's a Nissan car. Right. But in the United States, it's a Nissan car. Right. Michael Kim, legendary ESPN anchor, one of Richard Deitch's favorites, said to me, he goes, I knew your name was pronounced Adnan. I said, why? He goes, because you guys say Mike Medano. And in That's America, right. they say Mike Madano. Right. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, for Romano, hasn't been the same as you said, John, since the All-Star break. Wasn't 100% healthy. It gets tricky with closers, right? Because you get so used to being in an identifiable role. I can't imagine a situation where John Schneider would say, ninth inning, one-run game. Let me try Swanson. Let me try Hicks. Like, no, no, Romano's our guy. So yeah. it's a fair point to say, hey, he hasn't been as great recently, but kind of like to Rich's point with the team, you kind of just hope you can flip the switch and he can go back to being the all-star closer he's been. On the topic of closers, just because there's gets so much scrutiny and focus around them, the fact that Josh Hader and the Padres flickering playoff hopes late in the year, the fact he would not pitch in a four-out save just made me think how ludicrous that is. What a tough spot to put your manager in. So uh, at the very least, Romano's a guy who will take the ball. If they need a four-out save, fine. Maybe he hasn't been as strong recently, but... Closers by nature can be tricky to deal with. And, and you're right. If you have, and especially in a short series, a best of three against Minnesota, if they suffer a catastrophic loss, that'd be a problem. And of course, nobody wants to think about what happened last year when they blew that seven run lead against Seattle. Well, the good news, the good news is for them, at least for me, is the way the team is constructed this year. They're, they're much better set up pitching wise for the playoffs because they have brought in 
power arms in the bullpen who can swing and miss, and they've extended their length. So even like someone like Chad Green can now come in in the sixth inning, let's say if the starters are really struggling, and give you something. You mentioned Hicks, obviously, who's been excellent. I think Romano, when he's got a little bit of rest, is still nails and lights out. I think that was sort of the issue this week. But if you just think about the bullpen, Adnan, you really could bridge it from, let's say you get five quality innings from your starter, and let's hope that Gossman goes longer. Mm -hmm. But between Green, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Romano, Eric Swanson, that's five legit arms you can bring in in almost any leverage situation to get you home. That's something they did not have last year. So I bring all this up because it gets back to, I think, what you said at the beginning of this, power bats. They have to hit. That's yeah. where yeah. the entire year has sort of been a like just a just an inexplicable odd year. You know, you expected more from Varsho. Matt Chapman has not had a good year. Let's just no. He's been he's been brutal in terms of a guy who you thought was going to come in and um, have one of these years where, you know, go into free agency and, you know, get like three hundred million dollars or whatever. So that to me is really the key for this entire team is if they can hit, then they become a really interesting playoff team. But, so you know, John has watched every game. I've watched like pretty much every game. I know you've watched a lot of men. And so often the Blue Jays, it's it's like one nothing or zero zero in the fifth inning. And you're like. You're always playing essentially like, um, you know, one run baseball, which is very, very hard, like stress wise and mentally to eventually win. So that's what I hope from them is I'd love to see just in the first or second or third inning, them putting up a five spot and just making life comfortable for their pitchers to get it home. Yeah, that's what's so frustrating, Rich. When you looked at this team at the start of the year, the first thing people start with is the offense. Naturally, you say, well, with Vlad Jr., with Bo Bichette, and then you just start listing out the names. You go, oh, they're going to score runs no matter what. I'm like, no, actually, it was the real issue. Yeah. You mentioned Varsha specifically. He's interesting because he's so good defensively. You look at the metrics, defensive run saves, yeah. off the yeah. charts. And, and that's what the, the Jays did focus on was run prevention. So if you have an outfield of Varsha, Kiermaier, and Springer from defensive run save, they're elite. But I'm with you. Runs are so precious to come by. Do I put Whit Merrifield in left field? Do I have Davis Schneider at second base? and maybe sacrifice a bit of defense for offense. I think Varsha's OPS plus is like 93. Like when you're below league average, that's concerning. And Chapman, first month, he got off to an incredible start. He was like the April MVP, which is even more shocking. When I look at his numbers, they get like 16 home runs for the year. And you go, wait a second. Chapman's a guy, started his career, still elite defensively, but hit for power, hit for average. Then he stopped hitting for average, but still hit 30 home runs. Now he doesn't have power or average, and he's still elite defensively. And as you said, a walk year. He was gunning for $200 million. Now he may not even get $100 million. So yeah. um, I think the, the big one, too, as you guys know, being in Toronto, the, the talk around Vlad Jr. And you look specifically at his work against four seamers. It just had trouble with high velo, and yeah. that was a problem. But I give Vlad credit. In September, I thought he stepped up when need be. I thought George Springer stepped up when need be, even though he has had a disappointing season. So, And, of course, Bo Bichette was banged up a little bit, but in many ways is the heartbeat of that team. So... Those two guys, Kirk's another guy. You look at his numbers. He's below 100 OPS plus, but a real shock how poor he's been defensively um, and offensively hasn't stepped up. Like when they dealt Moreno, you're like, okay, well, Kirk's a great guy. Jansen's good. Jansen's a pop that he got hurt. I do think Brandon Belt, under the radar, sneaky, good season. I agree. Like that's, that's a guy no one's really talked about. Like, oh, Brandon Belt's been, in many ways, their second best hitter. So he's really yeah. been, been special for he, them. You know, so. it's interesting. It's like he, he, the reason they're in the playoffs is because a couple of guys bailed them out at different times of the year. Belt bailed them out. Right. For a couple wins, and David Schneider obviously essentially won that Red Sox series. Yeah, <laughs> really gets him in. But th this is where it's just the team is confounding because if 
and Biggio maybe won one yes. or two games by getting hot. Those are three of those guys. That's not the core of the team. Yeah. And that's where it's just been so frustrating this year. Well, there's a good chance that, you know, that well, Biggio may not start. There's a good chance Snyder may not start. I mean, I think I think Merrifield goes to second. I think the outfield depends is on, the depends outfield. on the pitcher. I would yeah. not. I don't think I'm with you on Davis Schneider, but if I would try to get Bijou's bat in the lineup, he's had a great September. If you yeah. can do, and he's now, versatile. The fact he can play the outfield or play second base. That's one of the advantages of Bijou. He can play all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it it, it it's it is confounding, and what's even going to be more confounding is if the Jays struggle at all in this mini series. And then we do get a chance. We we don't get to see Arizona play very often, Adnan. And we're going to see Arizona play, and Gurion Moreno play well. Yeah. You know what the fan base is going to be thinking. Oh, my God. It was a bad trade. I mean, when you look at it overall, you go, Moreno, his offense isn't great defensively. He's great. I think his, his caught stealing percentage is like over 50%, rifle for an arm. And Gurriel was an all-star. You're like, yeah. wait, you give up those guys for Dalton Varsho, who was a 93 OPS plus? Like, that's... That's disappointing to see. D-backs, okay. Brewers, yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I want to ask both of you, you and John, something. Uh, do you guys look at it? I hate to sort of bring the Maple Leafs paradigm up here, but I will. If the Blue Jays win the opening round of the playoffs, but then end up, let's say, losing in a tough series to the Astros, John, do you think the fan base would consider that a successful year if they just win the first round? Or is are things a little bit different with them where if they get eliminated – it's not a successful year because that's something that, and I don't know the answer to this, but I, because the year has been so confounding and frustrating, do you think John, a playoff win changes the perception for the fan base? Just one, one round. Uh, I don't, I, I don't because I mean, they could, you know, we could be talking to them by Wednesday afternoon that they have advanced, um, but they also could be out by Wednesday afternoon. Um, yeah. So I, I not only do I think, and I, I think this is why the frustration of the fan base is is the way it is, is because we did expect them to add man's point ninety six wins. We did expect ninety seven wins. Um, so from the perspective of well, at least you know they get they they win uh, the first round of the of the playoffs, and then they lose in five to you know whoever Houston or yeah. Yeah, Houston, I guess. Well, they, they were supposed to beat these guys. They were supposed that we, we were, you know, we, we were. Remember, this is a team that has celebrated getting to the American League Championship Series, and this team was supposed to be better than those. So I, th- I think the roller coaster and the frustration of the season, and if they get eliminated in a in a best of, you know, whatever, bet five or seven, I, I, I still think it will be frustrating for most hardcore baseball fans in this city. Don't you, yeah, Adam? I, I tend to share your uh, sentiments there, John, because. Again, let's suppose you meet Minnesota. Let's suppose it takes three games. You win two out of three, fine. Then you face Houston and you lose in four. It's like, okay, ultimately, where is the team big picture? And I remember Dan O'Dowd, the longtime Rockies GM, talked to me the other day. He said, you know, this window's not as big as you think. You know, for years, you've been staying in Toronto, like, oh, look at these great young position players. They're going to be great for years to come. I'm like, dude, Vlad's a free agent in two years. Yeah. And Bobachet, they bought the arbitration years, but he can also hit the market. So, the Vlad one is particularly confounding because, like, his camp's going to want $300 million. And I think after the year he's had, which has been a down year by his standards, so like, well, it really was the one year, the 2021, that, like, was that an aberration or is that actually who he is? So Vlad's an interesting one. Like, I said to Steve Phillips, the former Mets GM, does an awesome job on MLB Network Radio. I said, what would the market be for Vlad Jr.? Because you know people in Toronto are frustrated. They're going, hey, if we lose, we're trading Vlad. Screw it. 
And he goes, you could get like four blue chip prospects. He goes, it'll be like a Juan Soto type trade. I know people in Toronto have soured on him because his average is down and there's some frustration. He said, but trust me, other teams will take Vlad Guerrero Jr. That that could be a Juan Soto trade and you get two full years of Vlad. He goes, but I don't think Jay's management, I guess that would take a lot of hoods, but to pull off that kind of a trade, I don't think they would do it. Yeah. Personally speaking, because they may not extend particularly, yeah. particularly when they're renovating a baseball stadium, right. they are not going to make a major Correct. cataclysmic change to their roster with one of their superstars when they're halfway through the renovation. They're right. not. Right. I said, so you're kind of, it's got Vlad and Bo for better for us for two more years right. and the rest of these guys. So the, again, to the point Rich, that, well, you know, they're going to be great for your scale. I'm like, you got two more years. Like that's how you have to look at it if you're a Blue Jays fan. You go, if we don't get it done this year, we got two years, and then that, then we're after and and, and but but they, I think, the, I think whether you like the front office or not, the time they have set that up with their timeline. Uh, Bassett is essentially a two-year timeline, right? Right. Yep. Um, the Barrios signing a couple of years ago was was sort of set up so that his prime was right now. Same with Gossman. So I think, yeah, I think I think Jay's management knows that essentially the window is was really this year next year and then the Correct. year after one of the caveats there would be what do they do with third base because i don't think they'll resign chavis Chavin. but i'm with you and, and i i do think like um so much about vlad and bo's future will be determined by the results of the next essentially two two years and this playoff okay yeah Adnan's uh, Adnan's a tight for time. We got to go to a break because heaven knows he's you know he 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 might serve first in a tennis match. Yeah, um, <laughs> Novak Djokovic. We, we will uh, we'll bring in a special guest that he's blown the the lead on anyway already because he thinks he's the host. This is the McCowan podcast. Verk, Richard Deitch, John Shannon, back after this. It's the first of the week. Adnan Verk from Major League Baseball Network has joined us. To talk about the playoffs, and for some reason, he's asked Mark Askin to come on. Why are you here, Maskin? <laughs> I don't know. I was asked to appear to see an old friend, and I see him smiling. We, we, we it, it, you, you can't afford a phone call to, 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 to Mark oh, Ontario. Oh, we talk every day. Oh well, oh well. So, so, so what, what do you talk about? A legend uh, that is Mark Askin is one of my most avid fans, most avid viewers of MLB Network. The guy is text Milton, never misses a show. Matter of fact, I was starting to get concerned because he hadn't texted me, and Mark recognized that I was uncomfortable and immediately texted, Hey, don't worry, Pally. Me and Suzanne on a cruise right now. I'll get back at it. Yeah. Don't we were, worry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just sour. You just got back. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, Mark, uh, your pal Verk has picked the Jays to win this series against Minnesota. What are you picking? No. What? No, you're now. You're now. By the way, you're now on the other side of the the camera. You have to say more than no. No, okay. I, I, I will say this: their road record. They are a much better team on the road than like they've solved a lot of their issues at home with very good streaks on the road. I just, I just Minnesota is very good. Minnesota is very good. They we nobody sees Minnesota. It's one of those teams that's hidden, but they're very good. Here's what I do so, like about Minnesota, to Mark's point. I still think the Jays win, but they do have good starting pitching, which, as we talked about earlier, this Jays offense has been so dormant at times. Sonny Gray's top five in ERA. Pablo Lopez has been the ace they needed. That's why they trade Luis Arise. Eddie Julian, fellow Canadian, has been a real spark plug for them. So yeah. they're a scrappy team, but I still like the Jays to win because I think they're pitching is, better. Is Buxton getting That's out problem. of his... That's what right. I mean. I don't think I don't know if Buxton plays. I don't know if Correa plays, and Royce Lewis banged up. So they're three top offensive players all banged up. That's my concern for Minnesota. Are you concerned about 
Bo Bichette, that he was yesterday kind of saying it's not a bad thing, but he talked to the trainer for a lot longer than maybe he should have. Well, since you mentioned the trainer, we got to bring up Bobby Bond, which has been the highlight of this podcast. The fact that the, the late Bobby Bond passing away, but thankfully Mark Askin cleared up the entire broken legs controversy and conspiracy. John, I told the entire building. I, I listened to the podcast. We got to listen to this. Mark Askin knows the true story. Bobby Bond, the broken leg. Leafs win. By the way, every Leafs, every Leafs TV subscriber heard that story 20 years ago. That's 100% right. 20 years ago, say. Ed. That's right. Just because and you, you worked there, for heaven's sakes. No, and just because you didn't subscribe to the channel when you, you worked there. You only watched yeah. it at work. Yeah. I would, <laughs> here's the thing. This was what was so great about Mark, John. I'd go there, and I'm like, everybody there was great, right? All the Raptors guys, Sherman Hamilton, you know, Akil, love those guys. All the producers, everyone behind the scenes. And then the hockey side, of course, Andy Petrillo. Joe Bowen was great. I mean, the whole crew was fantastic. And executive-wise, I like Chris Heb a lot. He's a lovely guy. I felt horrible when I had to leave because I'm like, listen, I, I don't mean to break a contract, but I'm breaking a contract. I got a job offer to ESPN. Heb could not have been more gracious about it. Leanna Bristol, very nice. But there was one executive I wasn't crazy about. His office was next to Mark's. So whenever I had to speak to him, I said, this is going to be ruining my day. So I'd always go make sure I talked to Mark right afterwards. So I'd have to talk to this guy who's just a sourpuss. I'm like, uh-huh, great. I'm like, let me go talk to Marco. Then I'd spend a half an hour laughing my ass off because Mark would just make me laugh, telling me every story about Daryl Settler he'd want to know or every yeah. Wendell Clark story or whoever it was. And it was it was great, great fun. I'm like, Mark, give me a Miroslav Freacher story. Bam, he'd be on. This is oh. where you're supposed to talk, Mark. Yeah, but I don't know a Miroslav Freacher off the top of my head. I, All right, I, Dan Daou. Yeah. Oh, Dan Daou. Well, I said, Dan Daou. Uh, here's a story about Dan Daoud. We were in the dressing room one time before the game in the morning, and Dan was the quietest guy. He wouldn't say anything. And I think Frank Orr peed him off. I have never heard, I felt so bad for Frank. I don't know what he said, but Dan Daoud was the nicest, quietest guy. Just ripped him. I just loved every second of it. Loved it. That, that's it. That's a story? I did. Well, Johnny, <laughs> off the top of my scalp, Oh yeah, listen. You Bobby Bond, yes. Carl oh. Brewer, yes. <laughs> to get, oh, Carl, yeah. Get to get back to baseball. You got to be able to hit the curve, Mark. You got to be able to hit the curve every day. I, listen, I'll, 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 I will save everybody by giving yeah. a total aside. In my, <laughs> you, in my uh, sports media career, okay, and obviously, given the fact that I cover media, I have talked to a lot of media practitioners. My God, too many. I should throw myself off a building. I have never ever come across anyone. <laughs> Who can give you more name drops in a minute than Adnan Burke? But that's <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm sorry. No, you know, you know, uh, who's, and, better, and, uh, who's better? Who's better than Peter King? Peter King. <laughs> Peter King's the best. Peter, yeah, but Peter King would Peter give King. He he gives you a little more obscure because I, I work with Peter King Peter, for 20 years. Peter Peter King. Peter yeah. King could name drop. We used to. It was so bad on the radio show. It was so bad on the radio show before we got on television. If Peter King was on and he started to name drop, we would actually put our hands out and go ping. Yeah, and we'd have the drop, the name Peter, drop on the. I, Peter King is like, you know, if you say something like Peter, give us like some perspective on Patrick Mahomes. So be like, well, John, first you go into the Chief's office and you talk to Marianne, who sits right next, <laughs> to, who sits right next to Andy Reid. Then you make a right. Uh, yeah. So Peter, I give you that, but Adnan is more of a name dropper in terms of just like media people. He loves that. Well, stuff. but here I know why I'm here. Listen, here's the deal with Adnan. Adnan got brought back to Canada to come on the radio show, not right. for his sports knowledge, because we were tired every week of talking about sports. Adnan was to come on to be our movie critic. Right. And yes. talk about Broadway. Yes. 
You know, that's why Ad, Ad Dad wasn't there a, for his knowledge. In my heart, I'm a song and dance man, right? And that's what my, you guys want to be on here. <laughs> By the when way, you're on, hey, hey, Adnan, when you're on for an hour with Harold Reynolds, when you get time, you've got a song and dance. You have to do it. You have to do it. it, it I, oh. Yeah, I will say this. Adnan's a genius. One, he's been able to convince the United States that he should be employed. So obviously, he's employed by all these other <laughs> But then secondly, he then gets the uh, yep. I'll, um, I go back on the TSNs and Sportsnets as an expert, and then yep. he's able to catch in yep. on that. The yep. man, he, th- th- he's like NAFTA. He is able to create economy in two different countries. Well, n- but, well first of all, NAFTA has three countries. How's your Spanish? I know, John. Oh, I know Mexico. Whoa, with the joke, John. I can't. I couldn't throw Mexico in that. In that. In that connection. Well, no, I, but I mean, he could be on ESPN Deportes. I mean, or whatever it was. Oh, I have you know, no doubt. Adnan would Deportes, go on a Mexico. Adnan would go on a Mexico. Yeah, he'd go on a Mexico City sports station and then. Just, start talking about like michael mann movies Trust nobody me. nobody loves my hits in the fam five not any more than deitch it's amazing i go with i will always text them it hurts me to say this he's one of the five nicest people i've ever yeah, met in my life david david i know i said i didn't want to say it but yeah. he is truly unbelievably nice. Yeah, guy. David amber and adnan burke are, uh, oh. are my uh are my mount rushmore of kind paul hendrick Paul yeah. Hendrick is the absolutely the <laughs> nicest person ever, yeah. ever. I just can't believe I'm on a list with Peter King on all-time name droppers, yeah. and yeah. now on a list with, with David Paul. Amber and Paul Hendrick. There you go. The well, you are. Listen, we we can't have all this positive stuff. This is I do have positive. I do have a sports media thing that both Rich and Mark will like because I like when Mark was on previously. Rich asked him a great question. He said, "Hey, what's the best innovation in sports yeah. television in the last twenty years?" Yeah. So, Mark, this is for you. I went and took two of my boys to the Eagles game yesterday and yes. hadn't been to the link before, and my kids really wanted to go, so I said, "I'll take them." And everyone's like, "What? Why are you? Why are you grumbling about this? Your team's great." So I go. Because you go to an NFL game and it's better on your couch. I said, every other sport is better in person. Yep. I said, football is much better. I said, I'm going to go there. Everyone's so excited. The hype video is great. All right, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Jalen Hurts. And then there's going to be a three-yard run. I go, okay, whatever. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the experience in Philadelphia at the link, but it was better than I thought. Oh, Having yeah. said that, and maybe John, maybe it just helps over a winning team. Obviously, the crowd's going nuts. I mean, it's, it is. And it was beautiful weather, plus 24 on Sunday. I did make the calculation just for yeah, the he, made, he did yeah. make the conversion to and, Celsius. And, and, we, and, we, oh. and we got overtime. So, you know, it was overtime win, 34-31, we beat the commanders. But, Marco, why is it we football is the one that no matter what you go, dude, give it a choice, nine times out of ten, I'd rather sit on my couch. Whereas you tell me baseball game, I'm there. Hockey, basketball, I'm there. Explain it to me as a TV guy. Okay, so one is every, uh, I Johnny can tell me how many, but they have super slow-mo cameras everywhere. Yeah. So if you want to see reactions, they don't miss anything. <laughs> they miss nothing. Uh, they get every great reaction. Every, if The other thing is, I'm not 100% sure that, <laughs> that they don't have the, like, I'm not sure the experience at an NFL game is great when you've got 80,000 people and met some of them, like they're screaming. Like, I want to be able to concentrate on what I'm watching. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I've been first of all, that was a hell of a game yesterday. Yeah. First oh, of yeah. all, I mean, the you know, the commanders making it that close. Amazing in the end. 
I mean, oh, yeah. me, that was that was the highlight of the game. And and it, it would drive everybody in Philly nuts that the commanders were that good. That would drive yeah. everybody in Philly crazy. Yeah, to go in on a final drive and force over to although how do you not go for two? You're but, the but underdog here, in the game. And here's I'm like, the biggest problem. Here's the biggest problem with the NFL because the NFL has no problems. Uh, okay, before I they jump in, no John, here's, here's my one issue, by the way. The amount of flags. I, I haven't even looked yesterday. It felt like there were 17,000 flags in that game. I mean, you go to a football game, yeah. there's a flag, and every time you go, offense, oh, no, oh, come well, on, and everyone's just cursing. Like, it takes even, so long. Even last, even last night uh, in the Jets game, too, oh. too many by, flags at a key time. By and, the way, is it just by me way, now? A bad call. A bad call. Uh, uh, on uh, on Gardner at the end of the uh, yes. at the end of the Kansas City game, just an awful call. So by the way, but here here's the problem though. But here here's the problem with the National Football League. Here we go. You can go to the NFL game and have a great time. Then you have to get out. Then you have <laughs> to get out of the park. That is true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we everybody says, would you like to go to a Bills game? Not a chance. <laughs> I love I love I love going to NFL games, but I need the helicopter that Taylor Swift had. I need the helicopter. And that's not going to happen. By to John's way, point, 435, the game ended, didn't get to the car till 525, was on the turnpike till six. That's an hour and a half to get out to where you really need to get going. Right. Yeah. But it was worth it because your team won. Correct. Okay. Well, you know, like, Johnny, I have a question. Oh, go oh ahead. sorry, Rich. No, 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 please go ahead. Go ahead. Is this season more referee discussions oh. after calls to reverse calls? Like, oh. so, like, did the guy that make the call automatically go out three against one? I guess I'm out. I didn't see what I saw. And they all look peed off. But, the, but there's more of those this year than I've ever seen before. Had like three times in the Eagles game yesterday. Yeah. We'll have a discussion. It's going to, because we want the games to go faster. Right. No, because these guys are yapping about, and it's, it's something that is so like small. It wasn't like the call at the end of the game. That's right. That's right. It's yeah. I mean, like you know, the the referee just sort of discussion. The NFL is sort of you know eternal. It's it, it's always going to happen. But you guys actually bring up an interesting, you know, obviously something I've sort of written about and thought about for a long time. So you are correct, Adnan. The experience of watching the NFL at home is so far superior than being in person. It's it's probably if you're going to sort of distinguish between what's the furthest delineation between watching at home and being like in the stadium, the NFL has the largest delineation for me. And you guys mentioned a couple of the reasons I actually think maybe the biggest reason is that because it's a once a week game. And because you have, as a consumer, you have access to all the different games at one time. You can't get that experience in stadium. And I just no. wonder if people, right. Because they're they don't have the ability, Adnan, to watch the other games in stadium unless you're obviously in the suites and stuff like that. Right. That, that takes away from yep. the experience because you are only focused on a singular game. Where in baseball, right? There's not like a red zone baseball channel. I know you guys try that at the zone, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? It's like that's right. so the experience you're missing a big part of the NFL experience if you are at the venue because you don't get the additional stuff. That's how I no, I think you're right. Because my kids at one point, they go, I can't see your phone. Like, oh, my God. The Broncos came back against the Bears. So you're right. right. You feel like you're missing something right now. Right. Well, and now with sports betting, I mean, that's just as important as not, not only the game you're at, but yeah. every fantasy, other fantasy sport. football, right? right. Same, same thing. Yeah. Or for some players. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But guys, but that did, I'm also fun. stunned that you were not at the Jets-Chiefs game as, yeah. a, as a cinephile. Yes. Why not you, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Taylor? Yeah. Right? Michael, Michael, Mann. 
Listen, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to Eagles Jets in a couple of weeks. So hopefully those guys will be back again. Listen, Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon opening October 20th. So maybe Leo shows up with that ball cap. And, you have know, you, seen, have you gotten a screening of that yet or no? I haven't yet, but I have a couple of close friends here. And they go, it's mind-blowing. I said, listen, my hype meter is already through the charts. And they go, it's three hours and 25 minutes ago. It's incredible. It's one of the- Again, one, you just did that again. Oh, who were the close friends that- Ben have- Lyons. Ben, ben Lyons, of course, famous- uh, his father, the, Jeffrey Lyons, famous. I need Robert the name, double name oh, drop. Lord. That's what I need. But, oh, Lord. But, by the way, a three twenty-five still not as long as an NFL game. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm getting DiCaprio to Nero Scorsese, and it's still shorter than an NFL game. Wait, I, 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 Adnan, I, I appreciate you not dropping Gene Shallot or Gene Siskel. Come on. Wait, we, need, we need Marco to weigh in. Marco, who was a guest, like a guy who was on a talk show in the 80s, wouldn't just do Carson, but you saw all the time. Doug, Doug, you're saying it's like me. I'm Buddy Hackett. <laughs> no. David, David Brenner. Buddy Hackett was on David Brenner's a good one. David, David Brenner. Brenner. David, no, no, David Brenner. George, George, George Goble. Oh, that's a good one. George, George Goble. Lonesome George, Johnny. What, what about, I mean, he's a little he's a little past the 80s, but I, Charles Grodin was everywhere, right? Oh. Charles Grodin was very good. He had his own Great show on, he had his own show on CNBC, yeah. and it was, for me, it was appointment viewing. He was, was, he was, to me, you know, obviously, I think Adnan and I are sort of of the same opinion. Like, we love Letterman and the yeah, sort of, of course. The, yep. the subversive stuff. Charles Grodin's appearances on Letterman were incredible. Classic. <laughs> Well, you know, I well, how can you talk about greatest performances on Letterman and not talk Norm Macdonald then? Well, I, I, I agree. Come on, good Canadian I, I, boy, you know. John, I interviewed Norm about that when he came. He was selling his book. He came to ESPN and, and he walked in and he goes, "Hey, uh, hey, are you are you a Canadian?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I go, I'm from Toronto. He's like, "Yeah." I go, "Oh, you're nice from Russian." Uh, yeah, he goes, "So you're?" I go, "Aren't you like from Quebec City, or, or your brother works for the National?" Right? So he goes. Oh, you starting the interview already? Like, what the fuck? And I go, oh, I'm so, so sorry. No, I didn't That's just a casual conversation. Are we not talking about Chris Elliott? Yeah, yeah. But John, Chris I asked Elliott. him about Letterman because Rich is right. I, I adore Letterman. I said, Norm, when you were on Letterman, it was so good. And I said, I couldn't believe that last appearance on Letterman when you cried. Yes. And Norm said, yeah, he goes, I didn't mean to. He goes, I swear, because I was telling the joke. It was my favorite joke. Letterman as a kid was he'd go, you'd drive around, you see the garbage truck, and it said, please stay 10 feet back. And so I'm like, who are these suburban parents? We're like, hey, let's go follow the garbage truck today, Sonny. Oh, now, unfortunately, put the sign up there. We're going to go 10 feet back from the back. garbage truck. <laughs> and he said, he goes, we all know he's the type that doesn't like this kind of sentiment. But I need to say, I love you, David Letterman. And he said, he, he choked up. And he goes, and I, and I, but he made a great point. He said, you know, I know it wasn't Letterman's thing, which is what, Norm's point was, but that was a moment where Dave should have gone over and given him a hug, but it just wasn't Dave. Dave's going, oh, that's very sweet, Norm. Okay, back with more after this. <laughs> it's man crying right now. Yeah, on your show, like about you. Like, not because he stubbed his toe. Right. But about All you, right. and you just go, yeah, next. Bring out right. Charles, <laughs> Charles it, 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 Enough of this, Lovin. Virk's yes. got to get to tennis. Last thing, and Rich, this is specifically for Rich. As he just said to me, I'll never turn down an appearance on a podcast or any platform. And specifically back home. This is from Ryan Walsh, who works for Sportsnet. Yes. Hey, man. We were thinking, name, another name drop. We were thinking of doing another roundtable today, setting up the playoffs, some headlines, the regular season. Any chance you'd be available 7 Eastern tonight for about 20 minutes? It'll be with Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see you tonight on Sportsnet. <laughs> you should have said, if it was JP, yes. But Kenny, no. 
JP Morosi, we love. Listen, Marco's okay. going to do my work for me. Can you please plug MLB Network for all the Canadians? You love it. You watch it every day. Jake Peavy, you love? Oh, I love Peavy. I'm on a nickname basis with him, and I've never met him. <laughs> it's true. Last plug. Are you, are you, Oberman. Are you, Speaking are you, of a point of view, oh, John, Oberman. Rich, I don't want to get you guys. You have enough things to do. Marco and I listen to Oberman every day. Every we day. Text oh. oh, my God. You guys are, you guys are, you're, you're in. You're probably ready to like start a revolution in Costa Rica. <laughs> Underground, Rich. Underground. <laughs> For the record, the only guy trying to get off the air here because Virk's got a tennis game is me. And Virk <laughs> won't stop talking. All right, this is why I need to shut up. I, I, I got to serve first. It was I a pleasure to. seeing you guys. No, Mark, you're gone, gone going. You're gone too. Okay. You're off. We're done now. Okay. John, thanks as always. Rich, great seeing you. Go Jays. And Marco, thanks, boys. we'll text later, later. You know what? You know what? The Seinfeld shows a lot about nothing. Yeah. So was this one. This, <laughs> this podcast was a lot about a nothing. A lot about nothing. Okay. See you, boys. All right. Okay. You, podcast back, back after this. Richard and I will talk to somebody else because this was boring. Okay. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Welcome back to the McCowan Podcast. Richard Deitch in for Bob. No. That's not true. Bob's here. Hi, Bob. Dice is still here for me. I'm here for me, too. But I'm here for me separately. Two big stories that we got to talk about. Toronto Blue Jays finally make the playoffs. Yeah. play the Minnesota Twins. You got to be thrilled about that. I think that's good. Don't you think that you'd rather play Minnesota than Tampa? Yes. Yeah, I do, too. I, I like their chances against Minnesota. The Minnesota's an okay ball club, but they're not great. Now, Tampa's hurting a lot. So maybe you're uh, maybe that's a mistake, but uh, I'd still rather. But if you got to play and you got to play on the road, let's play in Minnesota. You know, the last time a, a, a Toronto sports team was thrilled that they were, their opposition was the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Florida Panthers. You know, <laughs> well, how they do there? How they no, do there? That's Min stupid. Minnesota, though, that's I know, but Minnesota. Who cares? It's not what? that bad a team. Yeah, but you know what? Well, I'm with Bob because they have not. I like the Blue Jays against the team that they have not seen a million times. I, I think they're a tougher matchup than, um, than if they go to Tampa, which has been a house of hearts. Like the, the I want to stay away from the trop. The, the blue Jay, there's a bad history and a bad vibe with. Yeah. With and the, he with can the do to stay away from there. I agree. Yeah. So I'm with Bob. I liked, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but a week ago I was rooting for this matchup because I think it's the best matchup for them. Me too. Me too. Well, and, and let's face it, I'm not sure about the bats, but when you can put um, Gosman, Barrios, and Bassett in your top three positions, you're in pretty good That's shape, right? pretty Bob? good pitching, yep. Look, the bats have been horrible all year. You hope they have a good series, but you don't know. You can't be sure with this offense. They get hit sometimes, but they don't hit with runners in scoring position a lot. So... We know what the problem is going to be in the postseason. You just hope that they get on. That's all. Yeah, and that you don't think there's any issue of not playing these games in Toronto? It doesn't matter. Well, well you know, I haven't looked, but uh, it, the, I bet you the Blue Jays' record on the road this year has been as good as it has been the home. Yeah, maybe better. I'm not positive of that, but I know they played well on the road, so I'm not concerned about playing in Minnesota. Yeah. No. Plus, I mean, they plus, listen. They they got to own it. They didn't play good enough to get a home field right. game in the playoffs. So they this is the right now the path that they have to do. I also don't. I mean, I don't know. I know baseball is not the same as football, but I I don't 
Minnesota doesn't strike me as some kind of like over the top home field advantage either. No. Yeah. Well, it'll uh, be interesting to see. The other story is, uh, at least for me, was uh, the Ryder Cup, Bob, and I'm sure you uh, you you yeah, got your fill of Ryder Cup golf. What'd I watched think? a bit of it. I didn't watch as much as I usually do, and Why? maybe maybe because Europe had a big lead the first two days or the first day, and I couldn't get into it. But I did watch some yesterday, and there were moments where it looked like the Americans might might make it challenging at least. But uh, in the end, the right team won. Well, what do you make of uh, what, what do you make of the emotion that golfers, you know, golfers are always, we always believe that they're so calm, cool, collected when they're crap, for themselves. Yeah, this no. is just Ryder Cup crap. You never get this any other week during the year. It, I don't know why it, uh, they, they guys do this, but I think a lot of it is put on, really. You do, you, you, I phony? think they're expected to be very, you know, emotional and patriotic, and so they are. Um, you know, they're they're not playing for themselves, they're playing for their country, allegedly, or whatever. Uh, I think a lot of it is just nonsense. The, the golf course, what did you think of the golf course when you, when you watched it? Not much. It looked pretty easy compared to yeah. what we see on the on the regular tour at times. Well, they designed it with the short bar force to uh, create excitement. Well, and I guess that does that, but it didn't look like much of a golf course to me. It certainly didn't look like a Ryder Cup course. I think a Ryder Cup course should be a traditional old golf course. And, of course, I think all major championships should be played on that kind of course. And this certainly wasn't. I'm actually, I, I will say, I, I'm some of it is uh, my own bias because I grew up very close to there. But uh, I'm looking forward to Bethpage. I actually oh, yes. think that's a cool course. Well, talk oh. about the traditional golf course, and it is big, and it is long, and it is tough. really long. Yeah. Right? yeah, I mean, they can make it eight thousand yards if they want to. Yeah. Well, and, and what knows? was fascinating to me was to know that <clears throat> the way the Ryder Cup works is is so Luke Donald, who was the captain of of the uh, the European team, he actually gets to design and have a lot more input into. Uh, yeah. where, where the T blocks go, where the pins go. Sure, you're going to do that to what you perceive to be your advantage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes I, sense. It makes sense. I don't see a problem with that. Well, talk about, and then you wonder why certain, you know, the Americans can't win in Europe and the Europeans can't win in America. I don't know what, I don't know whether, whether that's, you know, whether that's real or not. I think it's circumstantial mostly. I don't think that the golf course itself screwed the americans this week i think they just didn't play well enough certainly Europe, on uh certainly on friday and saturday they didn't play well enough no they didn't yep. the europeans right. for whatever it's worth they managed to get themselves together for a big event like this well you're looking good you feeling better but yeah not bad yeah. sounds good the doctor today and tomorrow so we'll see okay but well, we'll talk you. to you on friday we hope no i think we're gonna do it thursday mister Okay, that's Bob Ryan's come. Bob Ryan's coming on. We'll do it Thursday with Bob Ryan. All right, that's good. Right. Nice to see you, pal. Good to see you, Bob. See you soon, I hope. Absolutely. That's Bob McCowan. He's Richard Deitch. I'm John Shannon. This is the McCowan Podcast. Talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.